0: they are not mind readers. Like as a mentor, I think you need to be looking for when people might be struggling to share like where they're having a hard time, but also as somebody seeking mentorship as a mentee, I think you have to be not afraid to ask for help.
1: Welcome to the Sawyer Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, Our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo.
2: Welcome back to So You're a Vet, Now What?, I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Finding your first job can be so daunting. Finding your first clinical mentor can be equally challenging, especially when we know that the mentorship you receive in your first year of practice is a leading factor to whether or not you stay in your first practice. To talk about this important question, I am joined today by the incredible Dr. Kirsten Rongren, who is an absolute powerhouse when it comes to talking about mentorship. In this episode, she draws from her first year in practice as we cover the important questions you should ask of your first mentor. There is so much to cover, so let's dive right in. All right, you guys, welcome back. And today I'm so excited to welcome back my friend, Dr. Kirsten Rongren. So, Kirsten, welcome.
0: Hello, thank you for having me again.
2: Again, (laughs) it's always um, crazy fun when the both of us are on the microphone, so I apologize to you guys, but welcome to the ride, essentially. So today we're talking with Kirsten, who is a veterinarian. She's working as GP locum at this point, but she's also doing so many other things, including being a consultant and content creator with Many Pets. She's a speaker. like She's just an incredible mentor and human, so I'm super excited to have her on the show today. So Kirsten, I'm going to launch this question at you because your first year out in practice is super daunting. Finding a job is challenging, but how do you find a mentor within that clinic? Like that's a big challenge. I feel like a lot of students don't always think about. So like if we're coming to you as the mentee, you're my mentor. And I'm asking, Kirsten, how do I find the right mentor for me in my first job? How would you answer that?
0: Oh, man, we're hitting it hard right out the gate. That's a great question. And I think that I will rewind a little bit by talking about my experience first. And I think because that will help me kind of direct where I want this question to go. So when I first graduated from WSU in 2015, I was placed in two very different environments. So I had accepted a job at a feline only practice, which like I know that people say you shouldn't quote unquote pigeonhole yourself right out of school, but I'm like, I think you should do whatever you want and make it work for you. But so I I took a job two days a week at a feline only practice, which many of you know was with Gary Marshall, who is my mentor and very good friend. And then I took a job two days a week at a dog and cat practice. So I was two days in different places and it was a multi-doctor practice at the dog and cat clinic. And then it was just Gary and I at the feline practice. So I was stepping into you know, going from a single doctor clinic to having a new grad and Gary's clients are obsessed with him. So it was very, very daunting because I'm coming in as this, you know, I look like a child and I'm like, I am here to be a doctor. Everything is awesome. This is fine. It's like that meme with the dog, <laughs> the dog sitting at the table and everything's yes, on fire. Yes, everything's And on like, fire. this is fine. This is fine. So with Gary, it was very much like, this is it. It's like he and I, and we got to make this work. And I was very lucky that we did not have to try very hard for that relationship to be easy. And I think the things that made that successful right out the gate was I needed a mentor. He needed an associate. He is a wonderful teacher and a very patient human. And I like to learn. So, but I needed a lot of handholding. Like he had to put a lot of work in to make me comfortable doing the things that I needed to be doing as a doctor. And so that was a little bit more of like a, we kind of had to figure out a way to make it work between us because it was just he and I. So it was like, we have to figure out What works for us now, and that, like I said, I'm very lucky that that worked out because our personalities jive very easily, and it worked out, and we can talk about why later. But on the other hand, like going into my other practice, which was also great, but it was, you know, the boss, me, and you know, a couple associates, and so I, at first, I think my boss was kind of trying to figure out, like, okay, I have this new grad, and I don't know that she's ever had to train a new graduate before, and I, I kind of she did a wonderful job, but I kind of just felt like a burden asking for help. And I didn't know what to ask for. I didn't know what I needed necessarily right out the gate. But what I discovered is the person who I think I felt the most comfortable going to was actually the person who was closest to me in age. So the other associate that I kind of glommed onto, God bless her, I kind of was like, listen, I'm gonna need a lot of help. And I'm pretty confident when it comes to communication, which made my life a lot easier. I think that that's where a lot of new graduates struggle just feeling comfortable communicating things with clients and having confidence in doing so. And so I just kind of said to her, her name is Kim. and I love her dearly. I was like, I need help. And she also was a WSU grad. So she was a Coug. So I was like, please help me. <laughs> and that really made a huge difference. I think because we were closer an age, I think a lot of people automatically go looking for a mentor that's been doing this for 15, 20 years, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. And so we had a very open communication style and I was like, this is what I need X, Y, Z. I'm good at communication. I'm great with these diseases. I'm not good with these surgeries or these things. How is the best way for me to ask for help without driving you nuts? You kind of have to figure out depending on the situation that you're in, but there's multiple ways of going about it is the long version of that. <laughs> No. Oh, my gosh. There's so many different questions that I
2: have that are now coming from these (laughs) stories. So because what I'm hearing and maybe I can reiterate it for people, is like you had honestly these two different forms of mentorship where with Gary, like obviously he had many, many years of experience. He was one of those like senior mentors in a way. But again, the relationship just worked really well. And you two were able to figure out what each of you needed out of the relationship pretty easily. And then in your other job, you had more of like a peer mentor, someone who was in a similar life stage as you, was able to, in a way, commiserate about the things that you're experiencing together. And so like both of those levels of mentorship are so, so valuable. And if you can have multiple levels of mentorship within your practice, like that is something you should look for. It's not just how do I find the one mentor that I'm going to have, but looking for how can you, be a mentor and get mentorship from the different people in your practice. So that's one thing to kind of keep in mind as I was hearing from your story as well. So take me back to, so you're working with Gary, like, and you mentioned that you needed a lot of handholding. And so was there like a sit down conversation that you two had where you were like, I need help with this? Or he said, hey, I think you might need help. Like, how did that conversation flow so that you could A, identify your sticky areas and B, come up with a plan to actually get you through and build your confidence in those areas?
0: Sure. So I think that generally speaking, most people are not as willing to talk about their feelings as Gary and I are. <laughs> like, there's, I think there's fewer <laughs> people on earth that like to talk about feelings more than Dr. Marshall and I. So I think really what it came down to is first thing, full disclosure, Gary already knew me, right? So I already worked for Gary as a student. He went to vet school with my mom. So he's known my parents for 35 years. And so he kind of knew what he was getting himself into before I came on as an associate, because I worked as a like as an assistant when I was a student. So but either way, we had to start from somewhere, right. And our communication when we first met was nothing like what it is now. And what it was even my first year as a newly graduated doctor. So I think what really helped was us kind of just being very open from the start. And I don't know that we ever necessarily had one single sit down conversation. But it was like this evolution over time. Like, I think the really important thing is to not be afraid to say, I am uncomfortable with X, or this is making me feel nervous because blah, but they are not mind readers. Like as a mentor, I think you need to be looking for when people might be struggling to share like where they're having a hard time. But also as somebody seeking mentorship as a mentee, I think you have to be not afraid to ask for help. It's important to have some confidence and like that will come with time. Like nobody expects you to know everything about everything like top secret. Nobody expects you to know everything about everything, even though it feels that way. And so I think to put it very simply, which seems obvious, but I still see people struggle with this is just, you need to not be afraid to ask for what you need. And I think that mentors that are good at what they do are very willing to accept that information without making you feel bad about yourself. And and so I think that that just open line of communication and also constantly reevaluating what you're doing. Like, okay, we get two weeks down the road. And I say, Hey, it was like super helpful when I asked you about this cat with this disease and this blood work. And you said, Oh, maybe you should think about these things. And then I had a conversation with the owner and it went great. So I was like, that was really helpful to me or to my other boss, for example, at my other clinic, I was like, I haven't spayed anything in six months. I'm going to need you to come in here. <laughs> like, I'm going to need you to come in here please God help me. And so I think like you have to be okay with that. And I think that but also being honest with the things that you know, you're good at and the things that you might struggle with a little bit is helpful to your mentor, because then they know where you might need more support. Yeah. And like
2: turning that question then around is like, how would you use those questions to identify who a good mentor is in the practice is kind of like how they respond to those questions or those prompts. And I guess in a way you can kind of test them out (laughs) to see what their teaching style is, how they take and give feedback as well. Those are all things that they might be the right mentor for someone else, but they might not be the right mentor for you. So How would you, I guess, like turn your experience into advice for choosing a mentor?
0: I think that you make a very good point there, which is like, just because somebody's a good mentor for one of your friends doesn't mean they're going to be a good mentor for you. So it's very individual. And I think an important question to ask is, have you mentored a new graduate before? Which seems obvious, but I think a lot of people don't think to ask that. Like, have you mentored a new graduate before? Because it, it comes with its own set of challenges, it comes with a lot of reward as well. And I think that was the thing that was good for like Gary and I. I got a lot from him in terms of experience and being wise. (laughs) But he got a lot from me too, because I knew a lot of new things. And I could kind of look at things in a little bit of an upbeat way and teach him like, hey, have you tried this way to treat this? And he's like, oh no, that's let's do that instead. So I think it's mutually beneficial, right? People get things out of both sides, which is really nice. But I think that the things that you need to ask yourself and ask this person that you're considering is have you mentored someone before? What sort of time do you have to give to someone like me? Because there's a lot of people that say that they want to mentor and then you're the new grad left in the clinic at 10 o'clock on a Friday night cutting a GDB and you're like, what am I doing, right? And so I think that Mariah's eyes just got really wide, but like it happens, it right? It balls happens. It you down my head. <laughs> yeah, it happens. And so I think that you have to say, like I said, have you mentored someone before? what kind of time do you have to dedicate? Is there a way that we can? Another one that I think is just like, even just very, very basic of getting started is like, how is my day going to be scheduled when I start my job? Yeah. Because when I went into the clinic, I had hour long appointments. And that lasted for a while, like that lasted for a couple weeks. And I needed it. And I think a lot of people need it. But a lot of practices think that they can't afford it. But I think that it's really worth the investment And most places can you just have to schedule it in the right way. Here's the secret for all those practice managers who are listening.
2: You can totally afford to give your new grad one hour appointments for the first two, three, even four weeks because that they will make that back because of the confidence that they'll build. So please give them that hour.
0: That's my soapbox. You're totally right. Like and I think that so it's like like I said, you're just asking about basic resources. What sorts of ways can you support me? How do you feel about like, are you going to be able to come in and actually help me in surgery? Like that was another thing too, because I think a lot of times what happens, especially if like you're a new grad and then you're working with another doctor and like they're booked with appointments or they're in surgery and you're stuck on an appointment and vice versa. And you're like, I was told I was going to be helped and I'm sitting here. Like sucking my thumb because I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. SOS. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like that happened to me too. Like it's not even just like your first year out. Like I remember there were some surgeries that I like didn't do until I was a couple years out, and I was down in San Diego, and my boss was like, God bless him, he had his hands full. But I'm like, this. I need you to come in here right now. (laughs) Like this is not something that can wait. And so I think just being very prepared of like asking, and it's not an inappropriate question or a too bold question to say, what does mentorship look like to you? My favorite question. Yeah, just because you think you're on the same page doesn't mean you are. So what does mentorship look like to you? What resources do you have available to provide me with extra help? This is what I'm looking for, a mentor to me, because I straight up said, and especially even when I got hired at my second job, I said, I have not done a lot of surgery because I have worked at two practices where my bosses do a lot of surgery and that's fine with me because I'm a medicine girl. I'm a radiologist and an internal medicine person at heart. And so I was like, I'm going to struggle more with surgery because I've done it less. And my boss was like, okay, I can work with that. And like now as a relief vet, I'm like, I don't cut. Like, I'm like, I do consult only. I'm going to be the best cat vet you've ever had come in here. I'll pull some teeth too because I'm good at that. But I was like, I'm not going to cut. And people are like, awesome. Great. So I think it's just, it's knowing where you think you might need more support, where your strengths are, and not being afraid to say, this is what I need. What is it that you are looking for? And what do you have to provide to me? And I think people are afraid to ask that. Less so now, but I still think people are afraid to ask that.
2: Yeah, it's like they're afraid to ask because they think that they'll be thought less of. But honestly, if you can identify, I mean, obviously, as a new grad, you don't know where all your weaknesses are. Like, that's just being a new grad. You haven't had enough experience to expose those weaknesses or I guess I wouldn't call them weaknesses. They're just gaps more than anything. So being able to take the time, again, ask what does mentorship look like to you as a mentor? What's my schedule going to be look like? What kind of support am I going to have? How are we going to revisit these gaps that I have? How are we going to set up a program to make sure I build my confidence in these areas? Like Those are all big questions that you can be asking of your mentor. And so, through that, you can identify again where your own weaknesses or gaps are. Because, like, I know for you and I, we both have questions that looking back on it, I'm like, man, I really should have asked this. So, like, for you, I guess in the last couple of minutes, we have like, what were some of the questions that you as a mentee wish you had asked of your mentors that could have maybe been a catalyst for a faster progression and confidence?
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a hard question. I think probably it might even just be like, reiterating a lot of the same things we've already said, but I, I wish that I would have been more vocal sooner about what I needed and what I was going to be able to get. And so I think that a lot of us, a very good proportion of us come off as very confident, very capable individuals, because we are confident, we're capable. That's how we got here. However, I think that we get knocked back a few pegs in just our own brains so when we go into practice because it's like, you hit a new pace, it's a new world out there. And I think that sometimes Mentors and practitioners that have been out for a bit forget that it's a little scary to get to, you know, take off your training wheels and go full speed. And so I think it's just not being afraid to say, like, this is something that I am uncomfortable with. This is something that I feel unsure of. And I think that if you frame it as a, I want to make sure I'm doing this to the best of my ability, what is there that we can do together to make it so that that can happen? And I wish that I would have been more just very blunt, like blunt and straightforward about that. I am nervous yeah. about X because why? How do we make Z happen with the resources between the two of us? And mentors that are good at what they do are going to look at that and be like, "Great, let's go." They're not going to look at you and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so much work and it's not worth it." They're going to look at you and be like, "Heck yeah, let's go. Here's what we should do." Because they appreciate you wanting to put the work in and they appreciate you vocalizing what you feel like you want to do or what you need to improve because it's only going to benefit them in the long run. Honestly, I would echo the exact
2: same thing. (laughs) I might just put a little more emphasis on how are we going to structure this so that we can both be successful. That was the part that I wish I had been even more vocal on to set things up because in a way, it was just kind of a hodgepodge. We're like, Oh, three months went by and we were supposed to check in like a month ago. So, yeah, just kind of things to keep in mind as if you are a new grad going into a practice, you've found a practice. Yay. Awesome. They're going to pay you money to take care of animals. But how do you find and identify and set up a program with that specific mentor who's going to be your clinical mentor? And of course, like in another episode, we can touch on what does mentorship look like on a tiered scale? What does it look like outside of your clinic? But we just don't have time to go into it today. So, with <laughs> yeah. that, I know I'm like, we got to wrap it up here, Christian. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I'm like looking at the timer uh, going, come on. <laughs> <laughs> we could keep on chatting, but ch- I mean, this just means that like this is a topic that has so much to talk about, and we are going to have to break it down into future episodes. So with that, Kirsten, I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us today. And if you guys have questions about mentorship, please don't hesitate to reach out to either myself or Kirsten. We are here to answer those questions. We want to support you. We want to see you succeed. So you can find both of our information in the show notes. But Kirsten,
0: any last words before we say goodbye here? Oh, gosh. No, I think you hit the nail on the head pretty well is don't be afraid. Get out there. You've worked really hard to get to where you are and you have a lot to offer. And the good mentors of the world will scoop you up and give you what you need. And there's plenty of them out there. So
2: boom, mic drop.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I worked really
2: hard on that. I practiced all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. But until next time, y'all see ya.
1: So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Soria Vet Now What, or non-clinical skills training class of the same name. Until next time, take care.